Hello, this is Father Mike Walker of Father Mike's Podcast, Father Mike's Bible Study Podcast, and the Catholic Combine, the pastor of St. Cecilia Catholic Church in Beaverton, Oregon. If you would like more information about the parish or the podcast, please feel free to email me at frmikewalker at gmail.com. And now, today's podcast. I want to begin by... Uh, discussing a little bit about the history, the biblical story, and then the traditions that developed out of Epiphany. And we could start by looking at the Magi. Uh, in the Bible, we hear Magi. It's used in the plural, but it doesn't specifically say how many there were. Uh, we know that there were at least two, but we're not really sure if there were more. And in addition to that, uh, they don't really say exactly where the Magi came from, um, but they did have certain magi that were in Babylon or in Persia and by the description it sounds more like Persia which would have been about 1200 miles away so you can imagine if for example you had to walk from here to someplace in Mexico you know that that was quite a journey and it would take somewhere around a month or so to be able to to accomplish uh, it talks about the magi who received a sign in the stars and we typically would interpret that as, you know, there must have been something obvious with the constellations. Uh, but in the Babylonian or Zoroastrian tradition, what they used to do is they would look at the stars and then they would have to interpret it in some way. Uh, that probably would not be sufficient for them to have that fuller understanding that something great was happening with the new king of the Jews. Uh, so they must have needed some sort of divine revelation to, to lead them even further uh, to know that this was something that was really important that they needed to act upon. Uh, nevertheless, that's what we have. They recognized uh, what God gave them as a sign, and they traveled. And as they traveled, they made it to Jerusalem, which might seem like a, a little detail, but it's an important one uh, because Jesus was born in Bethlehem. But Jerusalem is the center of, or the capital of Israel, and so they had to go to Jerusalem so that they could get further revelation uh, that was contained in the scriptures that showed them that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. And so when they came and they met with Herod and his priests, they asked where the Messiah was to be born. And they said, Bethlehem of Judea. Well, that's a prophecy uh, that comes from Micah chapter 5. And so they revealed this to the Magi, who then at that point they had the divine revelation they needed to continue in their journey. Now, even the details of these different magi that are from foreign lands that come into, uh, into Israel to uh, honor and to acknowledge this great king of the Jews, uh, that also is fulfillment prophecy. And we see it in Psalm 72, and we also heard it in our first reading from Isaiah chapter 60. And so all of this is, is a great way that the Gospel of Matthew is tied in the understanding of the fulfillment of all those passages of the Old Testament that led them ultimately to encounter Jesus. But the idea there is it's a manifestation of God to the nations, that Jesus is no longer at this point uh, something private within the Holy Family, but he is something that is offered to the, to the entire world, not just Israel, but to the world. And so this is the first time that Jesus is being manifest to the nations, as was predicted in 
the, the Old Testament prophets. Now, we also have traditions that have come uh, down through the ages, and many of you know of these traditions. Sometimes we hear of them as the three kings, right? Because they had three gifts, so we just make the assumption there were three kings or magi. But the reason why they call them kings is because in the Old Testament, uh, they referred to them as these kings from foreign lands that would come and give homage to the new king of the Jews, the Messiah. And so this is tying in uh, the prophecy uh, to that particular tradition. Uh, some of you may know their names even. Caspar, and then we have Melchior, and we have Baltasar. Now, in the different traditions too, those three kings come from some different places. So for example, Caspar, he comes from India traditionally, and he tends to be the one who brings the gold. You know, the word Caspar actually means treasure, which is kind of interesting, but uh, he's the one that brings the gold. Uh, we also have Melchior, and Melchior is traditionally one who comes uh, from Persia, and he tends to be the one that's associated with bringing the incense. And then we have Baltazar, and the oldest tradition is that he came from Arabia, and he's the one that brings the myrrh. Now, those are the oldest traditions, but to be honest with you, I'm used to more of the Spanish tradition, uh, probably because of the Spaniards I knew and, and the culture of Mexico. So in that tradition, though, it talks about those three kings as representing the three continents, the known continents at that time. So we have Africa, Asia, and Europe. And so Africa is represented by Baltazar, and then Asia is represented by Caspar, and then Europe is, is uh, uh, symbolized uh, by Melchior. And so you have this combination of those three kings. But they're, they're both kind of right in a sense because they're, they're talking about how all the nations will come to understand the greatness of our God and will give him glory. And those three gifts are also very symbolic because gold is a gift you would give to a king. And Jesus, the newborn king, is receiving this gift of gold. Uh, incense is a gift that you would give to someone uh, who is a priest. And we all know that Jesus is the eternal high priest that brings us to the Father, and he sacrifices himself uh, for our sake, and so he does a priestly action, and so incense is a sign of that. Uh, myrrh is representative of death, when they used to use that as a fragrant, uh, fragrant oil that they would put over the bodies before burial. And so that just demonstrates how Jesus would save us through his death. And so all three of these, you can see that the, uh, the three kings, they come and they offer Jesus those gifts, recognizing who he is. Now, there's also a lesson of faith that comes through this story. Because you have this contrast between the Magi and Herod and the priests. Because the Magi are outsiders. They represent the outsiders who are being brought in uh, to the kingdom of God. And you have Herod and the priests who have every advantage. Uh, they live only five miles away from Bethlehem. Uh, they have the, the tradition and they have the history and they have the scriptures and the revelation. And so they're the ones that know where Jesus will be born. But you'll also notice that there's this contrast between the Magi who are open to the signs that God gives them in their lives and they respond to it. And when they make it to Jesus, they are filled with joy. And they honor and give homage to him 
and they worship him. And so this is one, and the other one actually, uh, Herod and the priests, they tend to see Jesus more as a threat than a blessing. And they tend to be manipulative in the words of Herod, that they don't take the extra effort to even go the five or six miles down to Bethlehem to give homage to the newborn king of the Jews, even though they're so close. So it, it kind of gives a little bit of a lesson of faith. Now, a few years ago, uh, there is a, he's now a priest, uh, Father Tony Galati, um, but when I knew him, he was a deacon and he was with me in McMinnville, and because he's kind of one of those Lord of the, Lord of the Rings nerds, um, we were talking about Lord of the Rings, and I said, okay, Tony, I've got a question for you that I've never quite figured out. I said, they have these bumper stickers on cars, and maybe you've seen them, and it says, not all who wander are lost. Now, the way I usually interpreted that is, I'm doing my own thing, and if it looks like I'm lost, don't worry about me, because I'm having fun. I mean, that's basically how I always interpreted that bumper sticker. You know, like, it doesn't matter, let's just ride the fence and do your own thing, and don't make decisions, and just kind of wander through life aimlessly. And, and so Tony said, well, that's not what that means at all. It's, yes, it is from Lord of the Rings, but in Lord of the Rings, that you've got, um, you've, you've got Strider and Galdoff, who are wandering the perimeter, but they're doing it in vigilance, and they're looking for the signs so that when the signs come, they can react and respond quickly enough to be able to save the, the rest of the kingdom in the middle. And so I, oh, okay, that kind of makes sense because, you know, Tolkien was a good practicing Catholic, and he wouldn't have said that the goal in life is just to wander aimlessly. But the goal here is that there's a certain purpose, and there's a certain end to the activity that they're doing. So in, in a similar way, when it comes to the Magi or the Three Kings, that there's a certain purpose in what they're doing. And their purpose is to see and respond to the signs that God is giving them, ultimately that lead them to Christ, who is the light of the world, and that they are able to worship him and be filled with joy. Well, really, that's our purpose. That's why we're here on this earth, to do the same thing that the Magi did. And so it might be a good uh, thing for us to consider as we celebrate this feast of the Epiphany and also to uh, see how we might be able to apply it to our own life and our own spiritual life. The first is to be open to the things of God. He breaks into our world in so many ways. Sometimes it's through someone else. Sometimes it's through our reading of scriptures. It could be in our prayer and our worship at Mass. Uh, it could be in the way that uh, God has sent uh, special people or family uh, to help and assist us. It might be through charitable actions. Uh, there, are, there are many different ways that God breaks into our life. And if we're open and ready, then we are going to be able to recognize those moments and to be able to receive them. And then also, we might think about how we respond to the promptings that God gives us uh, to be always prayerful for those gifts of the Spirit to lead us and guide us in our walk of faith so that we're not just wandering aimlessly, but we are being directed by the star or our Lord who is guiding us to the place which will ultimately fill us with the joy and the purpose and the fulfillment that we all desire. Uh, this really is a great feast for many ways. First of all, it brings out the, the truth of Jesus who is the Messiah to all the nations. Also, it continues to bring out the truth that that, that prompting and that call is something that the Magi fulfilled in a way that Herod didn't. So we want to be careful to, uh, to more imitate the Magi and not imitate the example that we see in Herod. And then finally, that as we 
come to our Lord, we do it in a sense where we, we offer our worship in the way that he directs us and that we are filled with joy. You know, and whatever greater meaning and purpose we might be able to find in life, this is the heart of it all. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. May God bless you and be with you as you live out your faith and serve the Lord this week.